0: All right, we're back on the AutoWeek podcast. We had a little break in there for the Fourth of July holiday, and yes. um, I almost died a couple times from uh, some kind of lung lung disease that I had. But we are back. I'm alive. Um, Yay! Well, don't don't act too happy about that, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're back. We're here uh, to talk a little bit about a race that happened. Oh, I don't know what six, eight months ago, uh, Lama. <laughs> well,
1: it's happened. It happened many months ago, and many months before that, and before that, many, yeah, many
0: times, years ago. But it's just just um, a few weeks old. Just a few weeks old. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, in a kind of a new series for the podcast, a film. Uh, uh, That came out I think a year ago and it's now hitting streaming services and um, airline uh, back of the seat entertainment things which is where I saw it Um, an interesting I think important addition to the automotive uh, cinema canon monster trucks Um, but first we're going to talk a little bit like I said about that famous race that we all know and love Le Mans uh, the the Frenchest race of them all
1: well I think that's There's a couple things to mention
0: uh, before we jump right in. Oh, yeah, wait. The
1: the July 10th issue of Auto Week is out.
0: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We put an issue out. Um, And in the issue...
2: Hey, Lamar's on the cover.
0: Lamar's on the cover. Really nice, moody shot uh, that I did not take, but I I picked out of a pile. Um, Beautiful shot of the sun setting at Lamar.
2: A lot of skill in that picking of Yeah, no, good, it's the hardest vote. thing
0: I do. It's the right. hardest part of my job. Um, but in that issue, we have a really great review of the Ford GT uh, road car. Long awaited. Which you may have heard of. Um, we've got a really... Uh, and that's obviously Mark Vaughn. That's our, our our number one shooter, Mark Vaughn, um, out there driving the GT. Uh, he actually really loved the car. He said it was good. Um. So no surprise there, but definitely worth checking that one out. Um, we have a really really uh, cool historic uh, motorsport story on Richard Petty's 1967 season. Uh, uh, written by Mike Embry.
2: Well, we remember, we remember uh, 1967 well, don't we? Uh, yeah. No, R- Richard Petty that year. You were be... alive. Oh, uh, yes, I was. I was alive. Yeah, I'm proud to say. Uh, Petty in 1967, ten straight wins. 27 victories for the season oh. in a 47 race season. And wow. wasn't he in a like a two year old car? I uh, was a year old car. He, he they had a new car, a 67 uh, Plymouth for that season. After about four races, uh, Petty said this is a pile of garbage, and they broke out the old car from the year before, and it went on a tear that uh, you know will never be replicated in NASCAR. That's awesome. Uh, and then
0: Robin Warner, who I think is new at Auto Week, uh, was out. In the desert in Mexico, is that right? That is correct. Yeah, uh, tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, so I, I I wrote a story on it. It's on
1: AutoWeek.com right now. Uh, I spent a couple of days with Rob McCarron. He is the winningest uh, off-road racer in history, and he's won everything multiple times. He's won Baja 500 and Baja 1000 five times each, and he's just a consummate professional and. Uh, has I he got won
0: a Grammy. What's that? Has he ever won a Grammy?
1: I think he's won three Grammys and a Tony. Wow, he has not won an Academy Award yet. Not yet. Uh, still working on that. But oh. he um, he was doing pre-running for the 2017 Baja 500 course and uh, left the passenger seat open for me to get in. Wow! And uh, so I just spent time in a racing discipline I've never experienced before, and it was re- I was blown away by it and at the exact same time had zero interest in ever doing it myself (laughs) it was it was a real it was a real fascinating thing i respect it um and i think the talent is immense that those guys have but that is that is the first form of racing that i've
0: done that i didn't feel like oh i should try that so see graham had the opposite experience i think he did baja uh two years ago or a year ago and came away thinking like this is my you know, my life's goal is to get, get back down here and run. Um, But I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's fascinating. It does seem brutal. I mean, it seems like it's brutal and exhausting. It's brutal. It's
1: exhausting. And it's, it's, it's just a different type of feel. Um, The different sensations you're getting in a car. You're a lot more concerned about wheel travel than you are about lateral grip. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, it's it's so easy to kind of wrap your head around stereotypes of what it is to be in the desert, what it is to be in Mexico and those type of things and it was such a fascinating perspective to look at just a whole different type of racing series and a whole different much vaster more varied landscape than i think anyone consciously realizes. you know yeah. we went from sea level to a mile above it. we were we were in dirt and gravel and stone and sand and rocky terrain. We went up like a mountain, effectively. Yeah. And it was just it was just amazing all the varied things that came our way.
0: Yeah. Is it still pretty wild down there as far as like the security situation? Or I remember Graham was uh, a little on edge going down um, whatever it was two years ago. Right. Well, we were, you know. About, it's pretty remote, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: we. We passed through Tijuana, didn't really want to stay there. Why not? But it, it looked pretty rough. But, uh, you know, where we were stationed to start was Ensenada. Uh-huh. And where we were driving to we're San, towards was San Felipe. And there was never any, any concern of any sort, really. It felt lax. And, uh, and also, what's amazing to me was the celebrity... Status that these off-road racers get in Mexico. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was he was just kind of like getting in uh, getting in the way of cops, and they were like, "Oh, hey, yeah, off-road." I mean, it was it was just uh, everyone loved it, so it was really cool to see.
0: Did you get a machete? No. Graham got a machete when he went. (laughs) No, they they
1: gave him a machete. I got a pair of socks. Nice. That's cool. That's pretty much and a t-shirt.
0: That's yeah, yeah, not bad. Not good, sure. good not socks. Nothing. Good it's socks. Not, yeah. It's not yeah. nothing. Um, cool. So that is on the website. The other two stories are in the latest print issue of auto week, which if you're not getting that, um, you should, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's cheap and they mail it to your house and you have to go get it. Um, yeah.
1: Delivery service. It's, it's yeah a new
0: feature personally, uh, deliver each issue, um, to you. I don't know why you would not want that. Um, Anyway, so go get that. Um, God, what the hell else was I going to talk about? There's something. Oh, Lama. OK, so uh, <laughs> And this feels, again, like like six months ago, but Lama, uh, uh, heavily featured in that July 10th issue, we did uh, Auto Week did our first ever Lama viewing party at um, this bar that's kind of across the street from Auto Weeks global headquarters uh called thomas mcgee's sporting house um they show a lot of boxing stuff they show all the um soccer uh you know the uh the european soccer i don't know anything about it um and then they show all the formula one races no matter what time of day or night they are um we tend to go over there and watch those in the morning when we can and then um they stayed open for almost all of Lamar this year. Um, from you know 8 a.m., I think I left there, uh, and Graham left there around two something, uh, in pretty bad shape. I gotta say, um, you know, I, I think we had done a really nice job pacing ourselves. I had, I felt really good until about one, and the owner of the bar, um, you know, sort of pushing shots on people and oh, things no. got <laughs> extremely ugly, really fast. sounds like, sounds like the infield at Lamont itself. It, it was a disaster. I mean, it, luckily we had obviously a sober driver uh, to get us home to watch the end of the race at my place. But um, it was awesome. It was a really fun party. The only thing was I, I was feeling a little sick beforehand and I'd gone to the doctor, um, you know, and said, Hey, I'm planning on being up this weekend for at least 24 hours. <laughs> Um, am I going to get, what can you give me? am I going to get more sick? And she was like, no, 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 you're fine. And I gave myself some kind of horrible bronchitis or pneumonia or something. And, uh, just knocked me on my ass for the rest of the week. But staying up for the race was awesome. Super crazy Lamar. I mean, um, very eventful to say the least. Um, you know, when you're, you're most of the way through the race and, uh, legitimately uh considering the idea that an LMP2 car could come home with the overall an LMP2 car owned by Jackie Chan if I'm not yes yeah, yeah. Uh, could come away with the overall uh victory that was a little bit of a different feel well, than we've had for the last several years
1: and leading up to it i mean it was Toyota's race to lose yeah and they yeah. lost <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they uh two they, years in a row yeah they had three entries they they Ooh, they, they were had full positions in,
0: yeah uh, well, not only had pole position, but set a track record with the chicanes. Right. So like exactly. their car right. is faster than, you know, the old cars that ran without a chicane. Um, this car is faster. Uh, right. And we're talking about the, the three mile long
1: Mulsanne straight. Right. right. three chicanes that they set up or at least two that to, to kill the straightaway speeds. Yep. And that obviously added a huge chunk of time to the lap and uh so the record from pre chicane hadn't been beaten until for this for 30 year. years or something yeah. like that yeah
2: well and the winning car from Porsche i mean you talk about a crazy race it was in the pits almost an hour i guess they yeah. said for the entire race uh you know with with assorted uh, ailments and yet it still won this thing pretty you know very easily by uh, nine laps i guess over the closest toyota that was yeah well i think there. all three toyotas pretty much knocked themselves yeah. out of contention yeah. in the first 8 hours yeah yeah, yeah
1: and uh yeah it, it, so it was incredible so it became it was a little bit anticlimatical in the sense that
0: anticlimactic that's yeah, what that's i meant to yeah. say yeah, yeah that word
1: um that there were only two lmp1 cars really fighting it, and the, effectively it was toyota and porsche yeah and when toyota
0: put themselves out yeah. it was basically can the porsche, porsche or an lmp2 yeah the uh it, the real, I mean, I think the the better race to watch was uh, the Corvette and the Aston and the Ford GT. I think, um, you know, last year we saw what I would call a controversial balance of performance application uh, that that resulted in Ford's dominance. This year, um, you know, we had some very close racing um, between the Chevy and the Aston, um, but it was cool. You know, they they applied balance of performance, you know, to put the onus on the drivers to drive the cars and the teams to keep the cars out on the track. And you saw, you know, what, like a 10-year-old Aston out there, um, you know, ultimately winning the race, uh, stealing it at the last moment from Jordan Taylor and the Corvette uh it was yeah. Jordan, right? Was, yeah. Yeah. Was Jordan. yeah, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan
2: Taylor, uh, you know, we, I was over there and it, just to be a, a, amongst the Chevy people for that last 47 minute stint is what it turned out to be. Yeah. Uh Jordan Taylor took the took the wheel with a, you know, 47 minutes to go and about a second second half lead and it was that way for, you know, for 45 until, minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, for about 45 minutes it seemed like, uh, not quite that much, but it was it was an incredible uh dash to the finish. And there was a you know the last two laps it looked like a NASCAR race out there with the Aston and the uh, and the Corvette literally bumping, bumping each and, other yeah, yeah and, and running each other off the road I mean uh, it was it was it was just a great great finish and Jordan Taylor you know he went from hero to I won't say the goat but it was a tough it was a tough way for him to end his uh, end his race out there and uh, you know it was just if you were watching the if you were watching the GT Pro class for the entire uh, 24 hours I mean what a chess match it was. You, you you would go to the different camps. I was I went with, to to Ford. I went to uh, Porsche. I'm sorry. I went to uh, uh, Corvette, and I went back and forth with these guys, and saying, Well, what do you think? What do you think? Because every time you look at the board, I mean, your car could be in seventh. It could be in second. I mean, it was just they, everybody was out of sequence with with pits, and you didn't know how it was going to you know work itself out. And with about two hours to go, uh, the Corvette people says, We think we're good. Uh, we're really afraid of the Porsche. Well, the Porsche turns in, you know, took a late pit stop that they didn't plan on. And uh, it turned out to be a two-car race, and it wasn't the Porsche. It was the Aston Martin and the Corvette. And, uh, you know, great finish. And then as it turned out, you know, talk about balance of performance, the uh, Ford GT, which won last year, uh, this year was slow all week I mean it was three seconds slow in the first uh, uh, practices and everybody says well the balance of power shifted and you know Ford got hosed this year well as it turned out the race came back to them and they finished second on the podium and you know got back on the plane with their second place trophy feeling pretty good about themselves well
1: Mike it's more than that uh, if you look at the GTE Pro category first place uh, in class the Aston Martin as you said second place for GT third place Chevy Corvette fourth-place Porsche, fifth-place Ferrari. Five, top five, yep. five different makes.
2: Yeah, yeah. so no one, you know, uh, Jim Campbell from uh, from Corvette Racing, you know, the, the boss over there, he says, you know, when it comes to balanced performance, the only only one team at the end of the day is going to say it was a good deal because everybody else uh, yeah. is going to say they didn't. I, I It's going to be hard to say that this year. You had... You know, you had four or five teams out there competitive, competitive, yeah. legitimately at one time during the week, whether it be uh, in practice or in qualifying. You know, that had the upper hand and looked like they were the strongest team. Again, I think Ford was the only team that really wasn't on the top of any leaderboard uh, for through most of that weekend. But again, they they were consistent. They kept plugging and, and finished second. So, it, it, I mean, it was just a, a fabulous race for the GT class. Did you see Campbell after the race? Uh, yes, I did. He was pretty fired up. Yeah, he was. He was <laughs> fired up. Uh, I actually hung out with. Uh, I went with uh, to Raj Nair over at uh, Ford, who Raj uh, headed the uh, Ford GT program from the start. You know, last year, and. Uh, I was curious what he would have thought because he he was he was he was very very politically correct talking about the balance of performance and the fact that they were a little bit slow all weekend even during the race, um, but it was it was a mixed bag. I mean, you had uh, a lot of guys walking away from that thing, just uh, shaking yeah, their head because it yeah. was a great
0: race. I yeah, I I watched Campbell afterwards and uh, they interviewed and he was very. I love seeing the passion and oh and and also like, you know. I personally get tight you know these guys are unhappy you know you know they didn't they didn't want to show up there uh and lose the the lead in the last two laps and finish third and he was honest about it and he was pissed off and you could tell yep. like you know I would take take that you know bad sportsmanship or whatever I would take that any day of the week over the canned you know uh, we all came out and uh the car was good and we we raced hard and you know the luck wasn't with us this weekend it, it was great to see some passion and some fire from him. And, you know, to me, I look at that and say, you know, he cares about motorsports. Chevy cares about motorsports. Oh, no doubt. Uh, Obviously, they deal with everything that they invest in it. But, uh, you know, it's good to see that it means something to these guys personally.
2: Well, boy, it it had to be tough, though. I mean, you're leading about, like I said, it would seem like about 45 of those last 47 minutes, and then you finish third. Uh, I mean, that had to be just an incredible, you know. Heartbreak. Heartbreak, punch in the gut, whatever. Uh, and to finish third, you know, even behind their rival now at Ford uh, in in the last lap when Ford kind of passed them while they limped home. Uh, you know, the Corvette had a, you know, literally was came across the line with three tires. Yeah. Well, uh, and I
1: think that's worth mentioning. The reason why the Corvette finished third was yes, it had a yeah, tire issue. Tire, yeah. It
2: had a tire. Well, and it also ran off the course twice. Yeah. In the, in the, <laughs> well, in yeah. In the second or last lap. It may I mean, a sure. a reason it, yeah, for that. It may have why picked, it
1: had the tire issue is, yeah. is yeah. part of that. But it was it, not it, unexpected. Yeah, but it, it, correct me if I blew a no, tire. No, it did blow a tire? It did blow a tire, yeah.
2: And again, but it had two offs the before sidewalk. that. And, and again, you're talking 47 minutes of hard racing. There's no preserving tires out there. Yeah. After 23 hours stint. of yeah. pretty hard racing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's just right. but that last, incredible. But that last stint, there's no saving your tires. And, uh, you know, you go to a NASCAR race, they're not going, you know, 47 minutes hard like that without yeah. tire changes. So uh, the fact that the tires lasted as long as they did was pretty impressive.
0: I, I wonder, too, you know, and the, the thing with, with the Corvette this year for me is – That car's a fan favorite. The big V8, uh, sounds like nothing else. on track, uh, you know, in the crowds, crowds love hearing those Corvettes go around. And I wonder, um, how much longer we're going to have this traditional front engine, you know, front mid engine, uh, Corvette with the V8, uh, running around. I mean, I think, I think Corvette is, is going to be V8 regardless, probably for, for the rest of my lifetime, hopefully. Um, yeah but the you know the mid engine thing is on the horizon um and you wonder how much longer we have with this car and i i think you know uh, you know one of my favorite all time favorite gt uh Le Mans cars uh, that c7r just looks awesome sounds awesome oh, um yeah. and, and it, performs incredibly well yeah. too
1: it 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 talks the talk and walks the walk yeah
0: so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how like i said how much longer we yeah. have with that car and and i know you know, if, if you're sitting in that pit, uh, that Chevy pit, you are chomping at the bit to get that new car out. Um, but I'll be kind of sad to see this one go.
2: Well, the, the Corvette, like you mentioned, the, the both American cars over there now, they had in the Ford, uh, are, are rock stars at, at Le Mans. They have the parade, you know, the day before the race and uh, was at the parade this year. And it was, it was really neat to see the parade in that there were a lot of classic Corvettes in there this year. It wasn't yeah. just the... You know the C7R. It was they had a lot of the classics out there that people were flocking to see, and and you know you can just feel buzz when that car comes around the corner at the parade and or any of the Corvettes. And they've got you know just like they do at the road races here in the states, they do have the you know the Corvette Corral where all the you know fans and whatever who own the Corvettes want to park together and hang out together. And that is getting larger and larger every year. I mean I talked to Jim Campbell about that, and he just that's what there's a lot of Chevy pride going on when they walk over you know to the Corral now and see all. All these cars and all these cars, uh, you know, coming to Le Mans, all the Corvettes. It's 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 really cool, and it's something that I'm sure they're, um, you know, very proud of over there.
1: So, Mike, I mean, what was that like? I mean, you were there, you were on the grounds. I mean, what the what's the this, atmosphere? This like? is your was your second
2: time. There? This was my second time. Yeah. Uh, I went in the 2015, uh, and I went this year. Uh, I mean, the, the first year I went, uh, you know, I was deer in the headlights for most of it, and of course, I was I made a lot of rookie mistakes. Uh, I tried to stay up 24 hours straight, and uh, you know, turned out to be uh, nap time. You know, about three in the morning or whatever, and I did miss uh, about three hours. But I was a basket case for most of the day after that. Uh, this time, I yeah, you know, I watched the start and 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 did get a get got a nice four or five hour nap in early, and then uh, was really good for the last uh, you know 18 hours or so of the race. And anyway, it, it is it is the biggest party in the world for as far as racing goes. I mean I've been to Indianapolis, I've been to Daytona. I have not been to Monte Carlo yet. Uh, you know, that the you know, if there are a big four, I guess that would probably be it. And Monaco, yeah. Yeah, in Monaco. Yeah. But this uh this uh Lamar is, is special. I mean, if you you gotta go. I mean, if you're a race fan, you, you I didn't even know this was on my bucket list until I got there and said, Whoa. I mean, you're talking Thursday of the race. The race starts at three o'clock out there on a Saturday afternoon, you know, Thursday, uh Thursday night qualifying I mean there's there's 150,000 people there. I mean, they say 600,000 for the 4-day weekend or 5-day weekend or whatever whenever they whatever they count the start. Uh, you know, it's just nuts. 250 to 300,000 on race day. And it's just it's like nothing, it's just like nothing you can you can imagine. I mean, the streets of Le Mans are filled uh, people are parking a mile away and walking on a Thursday to the track. I mean, you don't see that at Indy. You don't see that at Daytona. They're not, you know, they're not a hundred thousand people out there for practice days. Uh, the passion of not just the teams and the crews, but of the fans and the community—it's just—it's just second to none. Uh, it's just something I, you know, I look forward to going. You know, again, it's just—it's a, a special place. So, uh, you know, we when I asked you when you came back.
0: Uh, how it was, I think that that conversation centered on the food, and I I think yeah. Wow. Uh, so so uh, let me preface this first though. I, I think France has a pretty good reputation for knowing how to make food, and I I know that when <laughs> okay. I've been to France, a more than pretty good reputation. Yeah, I uh, I've certainly enjoyed the unique uh, you know uh, culinary scene there. Uh, but Mike, I how would you describe your your sensibilities as far as uh, what you prefer to eat?
2: I'm a burger and fries guy. Okay. Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, I'll admit that. And the, uh, the, the, the you know, the food in, in Le Mans, the food on the plane over there, Air France, God bless them. I mean, it's small food. It's, uh, you know, when I've got to read the translation on what I'm eating, it's probably not something I'm going to really enjoy. And it turned out to be true. But- uh, as I did in 2015, I found a few haunts that did work, a few places that that did that did the service well over there as
0: Americans. So this is the American's guide to eating at Le
2: Mans, presented by Mike Prison. <laughs> well, in 2015, it was hard to find a Mountain Dew. I, I had to have my Mountain Dew, and it's you know everybody's got the water, the sparkling water, and the, the everybody's handing you champagne every time you turn around. No, no, no. Where's the Mountain Dew? Found out that it was like upstairs at the hospitality of. Of, of the Corvette uh, hospitality room, and you basically had to have the, the password and all that. But I got myself in this time again. Wait, wait, wait! The the Mountain Dew is password protected. It yeah. was. It was. You had to. You, you had to know somebody, and it couldn't have been somebody <laughs> of. So you had to know somebody. Anyway, this time the key was uh, again. I was saved by the uh, Chevy folks, the Chevy hospitality uh, suite uh, at at Lamar was basically in the, it was uh fashioned after a i don't know maybe a 50s or 60s diner uh with coke signs all over coca cola signs all over the place you could get a burger and fries and a coke there and it uh you know it definitely saved me uh, toward the end of the end of the weekend uh so did
0: you have one of those little baguettes with the hot dogs oh yeah i had a baguette was i had good?
2: plenty of croissants a couple of crepes i mean i tried it all yeah so it's not like i just you know stuck my nose, nose up on nose everything. Up, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, it was it was there, and again, uh, I, I don't drink. Uh, but there was a little bit of a opportunity for some, you know, champagne, and you know, hey, who's gonna turn down some free champagne? I guess, uh, you know, win in France, do what the French do. French guys do. Yeah. You know,
0: spoke some G10s and, Uh I wouldn't yeah, go that far, yeah. but it
2: was, <laughs> but it was, it, you know, it, it was interesting. Every time I go over there, I'm a, I learned a few different things. And anyway, I, again, if you're a, if you're a race fan. Uh, it's 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 worth the trip it's worth you know making that making the plans to go over there one time it was uh it was incredible and and we stayed we stayed on the grounds this year uh in a motor home and uh that was really the way to you go with brembo right i went with brembo a great host it was their first time hosting uh a group of media folks uh, i was in there with i was the only american in my in my group which was another uh interesting event i was with you know brembo is based in italy they have offices here in the u.s uh here in the in metro detroit area and, and elsewhere but uh you know i was i was with a bunch of italian folks and uh oh, the hospitality was incredible and we were fed uh pasta just about every meal over there for you know that they hosted which was which was really good too they brought their own chef which was again that's a plus any uh anybody setting a, setting up a media trip uh, make sure you got a good chef that helps yeah well and again i mean if you're talking about food areas Italy's up there. Yeah, yeah. Italy, Italy, <laughs> ro- Italy rocked. I mean, if somebody's going to hand me a you know piece of food the size of one of my fingers, or if I go to the Brembo spot there, they gave me a big bowl of pasta. Uh, that was a, a no-brainer. So you know who else had an amazing experience at
1: Le Mans and, and in a lot of ways, first time was amazed at how much busier, he, how busy he was, busier than he thought he'd be, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Pitbull, Tony Kanon. Tony Cannon, Yes. Yeah. Oh. He was there and I talked to him about it. Was Pitbull there? Possibly.
0: <laughs> oh, Mr. International. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. That's right. Thank you, Wesley. Uh, so Tony Cannon, that was a, a really good segue, Robin. Nice. Um, you talked to TK prior to the race. Yeah, in Detroit, and then you talked to him again after the race. Is yeah, in correct? fact,
1: it was uh, podcast four. <clears throat> Episode four, if you guys uh, are yeah. he keeping was track. A, he uh, was one of the four IndyCar drivers I spoke to, and we did talk about Le Mans a little bit. That's then. right. You
0: asked him if he had any endurance racing experience, and he was like, yeah, I do. I've won Daytona and Sebring. And <laughs> yeah. Kinda, I said, so what's a race car, and why why do you drive them? <laughs> right. What, those black things on the corners, what are those? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh so good conversation with TK. I think we're going to cut to that right now. Um, and then we will uh, get back in after that with a uh, review of the film uh, Monster Trucks. Um, so here's that interview uh, with TK.
1: Hello, this is Robin.
3: Hey, Robin. It's TK.
1: Tony, thank you for taking How the time. You? No worries. Um, uh, just a real quick rewrite. You and I spoke uh, Thursday before yeah, the duel in Detroit. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. was a great yeah. conversation. I really appreciated that. Yeah. I played the recording to a bunch of our friends and I used it in our podcast. Everyone loved it. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. If you remember, we, we talked a little bit about you uh, taking over for Bourde and going to Lamar. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, now Lamar has happened. Man, it was crazy. How was it yeah, for you?
3: That was a fun uh, a fun experience for sure. I mean, uh, obviously it was everything was new like I said to you before and uh, I uh I try to enjoy it every moment, I mean, including, you know, all the extra activities that you have to do that usually sometimes as a driver you think it's a little bit of a pain, you know, like autograph sessions. Yeah, uh, yeah. Inter- media interviews and the parade and everything, but for me, it was everything new. Uh, a very uh, busy week. I wasn't expecting to be that busy. You know, uh, you only run two days and you run at night, so you think. I thought it was gonna be off until Wednesday, and then it wasn't the case. No, as soon as I got there, I had to go to the <laughs> the ACO simulator, and then after that, I had to do a seat uh, because I didn't have a seat at the time, and it was such a last minute call, so. I ended up being busy all day long, uh, every day. So, for me, that definitely, uh, you know, uh, it was a surprise. But uh, I think the adrenaline was, was up all the way. I was just so happy to be there that, uh, you know, I didn't feel anything until the Monday after. Which I really <laughs> had to recover for, uh, to come here to Road America. So, uh, sure, sure. for me, it was, it was an awesome experience. The race itself, uh, what a wonderful you know, place to be, what a race, I mean, a big race, the second, probably the second biggest race I've ever done in my life, apart from the 500, I think sure. that was a, a huge event. Well,
1: you've run 24-hour races before, and in fact won them, um, 24 hours uh-huh. of Daytona, um, does, is there anything that's comparable, or is Le Mans a completely unique experience? No,
3: it's very unique, the rules are different, the crowd, I mean, it's, it's, it's completely different. Right? Yeah definitely completely different
1: well you were in by far uh the most interesting and competitive class you know uh if you look at the top five finishers in your class first place Aston martin second place ford third place chevrolet fourth place porsche fifth place ferrari so the top five are five different makes
3: yeah i mean it was it was such a dogfight there man. i mean i tell you it was uh, you know, and the difference between any of the other twenty four hours that I did because of the rules with the yellow flags um it's a sprint twenty four hour race you you can't you know you're not allowed to to make a mistake or to do anything to lose a couple of seconds because it doesn't never go full course yellow yeah. you know, and when it does they have three pace cars so the 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 cars itself it was um between all the cars, um, the competition was extremely close. So it was very difficult if you if you if you lost a few seconds in the pits or whatever that the reason was to recover because the cars were extremely similar. So that, in that matter, um, it was really tough. Wow,
1: so we we touched on this just a little bit uh, ahead of time. How, in your opinion, did the balance of performance work out? Did you think it was fair, a uh, little
3: unfair? I don't know. It was my first time, so I, I do feel like we were the weakest, to be honest, mm-hmm. as far as uh, the performance. But it was my first time. I felt that uh, you know I'm not gonna get into what they should have could have done because I wasn't there last year, and I apparently last year we were pretty good. So, uh, but in my opinion, this race, I felt that. Uh, we were a little bit behind, but...
1: Yeah, and I guess yeah. that kind of makes sense since Ford won last year that the ACO would be a little bit harder or FIA would be
3: a little bit harder on... Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I understand, but, uh, you know, in my opinion, I think we were a little bit behind the, the other cars, but even then we still finished second in one of the cars, so I guess, you know, and like you said, uh, the top five cars was five different manufacturers, so I guess... It could you could argue that that they did a pretty good job. You know you, I mean? you could. You you definitely
1: could. I I'm so you know, leading into this, and obviously historically as well, it's always been Ford versus Ferrari. But uh uh-huh. for us Americans the big conversation piece was Ford versus Chevrolet. So mm-hmm. was it a surprise within the team that you were actually battling Aston Martin? as much as anyone?
3: Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I don't think, uh, we were, we're expecting any of that, but uh, having said that, if you watch the race last year, I think Chevy got the short end of the stick for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, like I said, this year, I think, uh, you know, they made it. But I was not, I don't think we were expecting the Aston to be that quick. I wasn't at least. Yeah, you know. sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, it, it was incredible. So, when you raced in other endurance races, you were usually in the top-class car. Um, this mm-hmm. time round, you were third quickest. You know, you had uh, the Porsches and Toyotas in LMP1, and then a big flock of LMP2s. What was it like to get passed by those guys all the time?
3: I mean, I did actually, on this year, I did it on the 4GT, so I kind of got ah, okay. a little bit of a glimpse. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's different because... You know, as a driver, you don't want to get in anybody's way. But at some point, what I've learned was they're quicker. They need to find their way around, which I remember when I was on the DP car. You know, that's what we needed it to do. So you try not to, uh, you know, you take one lane when you're in the GT car and they will figure their way around. So <laughs> I think for me was very uneventful. Um, I'm not going to say that it's nice to get past every two laps, but, um, but that's the difference with, you know, Obviously, at least you're not getting passed by the same class car every two laps. <laughs>
1: right. Worse, right, yeah, totally. I I get that. Now, um, it, you ended up, uh, hopefully I'm looking at the numbers correctly, you ended up sixth in class, um, which I'm sure was yeah. not the desired result. But
3: yeah.
1: considering all the uh, mechanical troubles that so many people had, you can feel proud about that result, I would think. How do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I am.
3: I mean, I think I have, you know, a race under my belt. We we had a very uh, trouble-free race until we got caught by a pace car in the pits, which that we lost two minutes. And like I said, you never recover from that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I would say that's, uh, you know, it was, a, it was an okay result. What am I going to say? You know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, that's all we had. And then, you know, we, if it wasn't for the base car at some point, I think we would have got a podium. But I think uh, you can argue all the other cars would say at some point of the race, they also had a shot. So reality is we finished six, and that's the way it is. And then I'll take it. I mean, it's my first one. And, uh, you know, top six. We can say top six. Yeah, there you bad. go.
1: The past six, right? Uh, the um, one thing I definitely noticed, too, and I wondered if you give him a hard time. You did finish ahead of Scott Dixon. And I'm sure, yeah, course, as far as you're concerned, that was bit, pure but... talent,
3: right yeah, of course <laughs> I mean i mean obviously i uh I did rubber on him a little, but it's not you know he was like, we're laughing because we know better than that we're 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 used to we're used to win races, so finish six and seven and brag about it. I don't think it's... <laughs> <laughs> My power of bragging wasn't that much yeah you know? i
1: I understand completely yeah i just i i thought I thought that that must have been
3: comforting. That you had obviously a saw, teammate. That's a good friend, and yeah. then he take he can take a joke, so he knows I was joking. But you know, at the end, it <laughs> it was just uh, you know, we both had a kind of a, in a way, a bad, a bad result. But yeah, uh, sure. You know, it is what it is. We knew the the risks and uh, and what was going to happen. So,
1: so what what about your your actual teammates? You know, Joey Hand, Derek Mueller. I know Joey Hand has a fair amount of open wheel experience, uh, Toyota Atlantics. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, were they good teammates? Did you get along? Well, how was that process? Oh,
3: hundred percent, man. Those guys, I mean, they're, they're really good guys, right? I mean, they're the champions. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't ask for better teammates. Uh, they, they welcome me really well. They, they try to like help me as much as, as they could and they support me as much and then I was doing the same thing trying not to let them down you know sure and sure. uh and then I would say it was it was awesome I mean they they're obviously plenty fast and it was up to me to keep up with them anyway so uh I'm uh I'm pretty thankful I mean we had a we had a great time and uh they were very you know complimentary about what I've done and I I hope you know I, I did my job to help them out but uh and it was uh, it was a great experience <clears throat> excuse me. It was a great experience with Devon.
1: Yeah. Oh I I imagine. Do you do you want to run Le Mans again now that you've experienced it?
3: As many times as they invite me, a hundred percent. Yeah. I uh that's something that now it's uh, they they put it in in my head, so now I want to do it all the time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, um just before Lamar you had a second place finish at Texas, which was also a crazy race as it turned out to be. And, um, now you're about to run what you and I discussed as one of your favorite tracks, um, at Road America. Um, how does it feel to get back in the IndyCar?
3: car? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, I went to uh, the simulator yesterday just to try to get my, uh, my references back. You know, it's, uh, obviously a lot different, uh, than the GT. So, um, I went and we did a couple laps, a few laps in the sim and uh and I'm here. I just got here as we spoke on the phone I drove into the track and uh, <laughs> I uh I love I'm loving it. I mean this place is awesome.
1: Well remember remember don't forget all those bratwursts we talked about.
3: It's good, no, I won't. good protein. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> do you um do you what can you discuss at all like the differences in how those cars drive like I'm sure downforce level of the IndyCar is a fair amount higher, obviously lower weight, braking points, that kind of stuff. Like, is that something that you could get
3: used to or? Yeah. I mean, the biggest difference is, uh, I would say is, uh, is the speed. I mean, the mm. car, the, the 4GT can break as deep as an Indy car, which is unbelievable. I mean, this wow. is a really good car. So speed wise, obviously it's a little slower, but, um, an acceleration of course, but, uh, you know, in a way, uh, they're distinct cars, but, you know, when you're driving that fast, it still feels fast. You know, it sure. doesn't, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, it fell a lot slow. No, <laughs> because when you're trying to drive in the limit, it, it feels, you know, it's always going to feel fast to you. Well, that's that's just it,
1: you know, in uh, my much more pedestrian experience in racing. It's always been, it doesn't matter what the car is, the limit is the limit. And that's what you're feeling for. Exactly. Yeah. And so when you when felt you the limit at the, the
3: limit, it becomes difficult, you know, it's not Exactly.
1: Easy at all. Yeah, yeah. So finding the limit in the Ford was a unique challenge in of itself just like finding
3: the limit in an Indy car. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's uh, you know, every getting to know the car, getting to know what the car likes and doesn't like, you know, all those things are not easy, you know.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. Well, um I really appreciate you taking the time talking to me. Um, no
3: worries, my friend.
1: I wish you the best of luck uh, at Road America, and you are absolutely 100% welcome to get in touch with us anytime. It's always a huge pleasure Thanks, to talk buddy. to you.
3: You too, man. Thank you very much.
0: Okay, uh so that was TK talking. Lama. Uh, I think he finished sixth in class, 22nd overall. Is that right? Yeah, sixth
1: in class, 22nd overall, and a one position better than his teammate Scott Dixon which was
0: fun to That's, uh, mention to him. And he, we enjoyed that. Yeah, good, good. And Scott Dixon recovered. Is he 100%? Is yeah, he,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. He, well, I don't know about 100%, but he's he's healing up well. And, uh, you know, this, I talked to Tony Khan right before Road America. Road yeah. America since happened. He had his shunt and the
0: kink in Road America. Yeah, a little scary, but didn't look too bad i think he, yeah
1: he he's okay but he was rattled for sure that was
0: uh that was a great race to oh, watch it was fantastic that, that, America race, India. Yeah. that it, always a fantastic race um anyway so the real reason you're here obviously the reason you you subscribe and are loyal to auto week is for our cultural criticism um and i think as a part of that uh I, have we talked about movies before have we talked about a car movie i think we talked about fast and furious oh we talked about fast and furious
4: two. yeah I think we talk um,
1: about Fast and Furious every time Jake's around. Yeah, we, we should. Yeah, yeah, it's that's great. That's
0: good. Yep. Um, we, so, but we, this
1: is our first official
0: movie review. Movie review. So, I came across this this cinema this uh, not cinema this this film. I'll call it a film. Um, you know, a, a I have a hard time even hearing it about a year considering ago, it as a film. Monster Trucks. It's a, a really, it's a kids' movie. It's a Nickelodeon movie. So I think um, that should color our understanding of it a little bit. Rated PG. Rated PG. It was rated PG, which I didn't. Uh, family Fun. Uh, and I actually, so I, we had planned to watch this together as a group. Then I um, was flying back from uh, the West Coast, of, I don't know, whenever that was, a couple days ago. And um, ended up catching it on the monitor uh, on the Delta flight. So, Wesley, you watched it last night. Yep, I uh, paid five dollars to Amazon to see this. You can submit that, get a reimbursed.
4: Oh, yeah. I, I, I paid. I, paid, I feel paid six, so bad about.
1: I paid six for iTunes, so you got a better deal.
0: Than I me. feel
4: bad about giving this company money. Oh God, give me a break! The, this production wait, company, which one? No, the people that produced
0: it. I'm sure, or Amazon? I'm sure they got like oh. a penny knowing Amazon. I'm sure that they, <laughs> they, they didn't get much. Uh, so, Robin, you watched it on iTunes. I did. And Graham. Uh, your assignment was to watch the movie and how how did you end up uh watching it? You know, I
5: didn't have time to
0: watch it, so I'm coming into this. I'm willing to be convinced by
5: all of your arguments for why this is a Graham is a blank canvas. Of, yeah.
0: Wait. So
5: you did not watch no, the movie? Didn didn't have a chance to watch the movie this week. Okay. So I, I do like Monster Trucks but I'm led to believe that In this is a slightly different take
0: on the concept. Yeah, of this is, a, it's a plan. It's a plan words. It's not the, actually, it's not, there are, there are some monster trucks. Okay. It's not digger. So, and so let me, Bigfoot and, let me start off by saying, uh, this is a film that is, uh, on IMDB. It's rated 5.7 out of 10. Uh, it's certified at 32% fresh on rotten tomatoes. I think that's rotten at 32%. Yeah. Right. Okay. You're right. Uh, but uh, the little red, red, uh, red box thing—five out of five. <laughs> what? Yeah. Are you kidding and me? And <laughs> Google users, eighty percent liked this movie. Oh no! So you
1: have to put it in context no. of audience yeah. audiences, I think.
0: So I think okay. A, a note: uh, first thing that surprised me watching this movie, and we'll get into the an ex- excruciating, uh, excruciating look at the plot in a minute. <laughs> uh, Lucas Till. Who you probably don't know, who's a young actor. I don't know him, yeah. Um, I think he plays MacGyver on the MacGyver reboot. I think that's his thing.
4: Wait, is it has that come out yet?
0: I don't know. Okay, cool. Uh Jane Levy, uh promising young actress. Promising, yeah. Uh she was good. She was she was good. Yeah, I liked her. Very good. good. Okay. Uh all right. Uh a I'm, guy. I've seen differences of opinion form. Uh Rob lowey
1: Rob Lowe. Oh, Rob yeah. Lowe.
4: Yeah, the Brat Pack. I love him. Yeah. Wait, is that Rob Lowe from Yeah?
1: yeah. yeah from Tommy Boy practically he, lo- yeah. he looks yeah. like hell. Yeah. He <laughs> he Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe of the Brat Pack, Rob Lowe of the world. What, Rob, of yeah. Rob Lowe of those commercials. Rob Lowe of those commercials. what were those commercials? Yeah. Direct TV or something? Rob okay. Lowe. He's gotta be eighty years old.
0: Rob Lowe played <laughs> the
1: young number two in um, uh, you know, Mystery Man, uh the you know, whatever uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, he Man looks. Did like he really? Yeah, he was a young number two. He looks
4: like Cal. So, well, also don't forget uh, Tom Lennon. Yeah, Tom Lennon. Tom, that was a big. I was get getting for into me. that. Oh, that okay.
0: was yeah. So the opening scene is an, of an aged, decrepit Rob Lowe <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Dangle and uh, Dangle, who is wearing not, pants, not, aged, not in shorts. He's not aged a day. Uh, <laughs> he looks younger. He looks younger. He looks like like the fresh faced. Uh, improv comic that we saw on the state, yeah, in uh, 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 Reno Nine uh, co-creator of Reno Viva, Viva, variety. Viva, variety. Viva Variety, hell yeah, uh, a, a hilarious. Uh, if you ever have a chance to go revisit Comedy Central's Viva Variety with Thomas Lennon, do you see what you missed,
1: Graham? Do you, do you, <coughs> you understand Boy, that? Yeah. yeah I mean, really, he, he actually
0: was a good part of the movie and one of my favorite comic comic actors. I think yeah, one of the best, totally underrated the best sketch yeah.
4: comic, comic actors,
0: um, yeah. Barry Pepper, huh? I don't. No, Barry Pepper. Uh, he's in the 25th hour. He's been in a bunch of, you know, kind of a character actor. Um, always turns in a fantastic performance. Plays uh, the stepdad cop. Oh, okay, in this yeah. Movie. Who's um, driving a? And let's
1: not. I mean, there's another big one. Lethal Weapon experience. Danny Glover. Yeah. Danny Glover. Danny oh, Glover is oh, oh. in this
4: movie as as a junkyard
1: as a owner. Amy Ryan.
0: Uh, whole as a as a handicapped handicapped wheelchair yeah, ridden yeah, yeah. junkyard owner. Uh, Maybe uh, I did like this movie. Fantastic <laughs> performance. Amy Ryan. Uh, Holt McCallany, who you will, that is not a name you would recognize. You recognize this guy's face. He's been in everything. He plays uh, kind of a, a psycho, a generic evil guy, right? uh, evil security guard. Yeah. Um, but really, a, a cast that I, I thought was somewhat surprising. And don't forget the, uh, the unwritten
4: character, Dodge Trucks.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, product so this movie, placement. This movie exists in a world where everything is made by FCA. Uh, this is like it was a little bit like living in Detroit, where you get this idea, like, well, they only sell American cars in America because that's what everybody drives. The movie was <coughs> set in North Dakota, which, okay. with well, a well, that's, again, well, high
4: school set right next to a Dodge truck dealership, it's either
0: Ram. a Ram the, or a Challenger. The, the Ram product placement in this movie was very absurd. It yeah.
1: was it was complete. I would say, I mean, because the
0: sheriff, well, the sheriff was in a,
1: was it a Cherokee Cherokee, or a compass? Yeah, Yeah, okay, it was in a Cherokee. And uh, I got
0: to say that whoever, whoever sells these movie deals at the uh, car companies or whoever sells them. Sorry, from the studios to the car companies. I need to hire that guy to sell ads (laughs) uh, in an auto week because we would make so much money. Well, And this, I don't know what a product placement deal in a movie like Monster Truck costs, but I guarantee you. It's bigger than a year's worth of ads in Auto Week. And, uh, and I, you know, I think, I don't know what the audience looks like. I don't want to talk too much about advertising, but I will say uh, if you're out there, a guy who sold a monster truck sponsorship <laughs> to Ram, if you're listening to this, call me. I can offer you very little, uh, and you get to live in Detroit, which is fantastic. But come work for Auto Week, please. Which is right next to the Eastern
1: Market, which is awesome. Uh, right next. Come to on, let's start, let's start promoting. This party. Thing. Yeah. Let's do this. Uh, no, company. it's
0: it's living in Detroit's great. You're gonna love it. Um, <coughs> way well, cheaper than LA. Lot
5: of lot of Fiats in this
6: in
1: this. Uh, I no, you don't see a single Fiat. Yeah, no, it was no,
0: this was pure Americana. Uh, yep. Um, it was Dodge brand and uh, Jeep, and they they crushed and destroyed a
4: lot of dodges not non-dodges they crushed a corvette in one of the
0: oh yeah a, a, a c4 vet in one of the scenes yep. they crushed a. so this movie uh begins uh you see the main character boy well,
1: are we are we gonna give up what if what if our listeners spoiler, watch well, this spoiler, spoiler alert. Alert. <laughs> are there spoiler alerts? should I we just go ahead and, i
5: don't want it spoiled but i do want to know what the premise okay is
0: so it's, it's not in, about trucks lucas Till, <laughs> uh who plays trip in this movie um great teen movie name, trip uh i'm assuming it's spelled with two p's yep uh so you see this yeah it is okay you see this guy trip um riding the bus and he looks out the window and looks forlorn too. the local rich kid is ripping through a field in a, a super highly customized uh very Dodge. crazy, uh, crazy ram. paint job. Ram Ripped straight out of the '90s. Yeah, and lifted with his cute blonde girlfriend or that whatever who hates him, who hates the boyfriend. Yeah, um, loves his truck though. And later, later plays a, a very pivotal role. Absolutely. in the film. Uh, and and you see Trip kind of looking bummed out. Um, and then some other stuff happens, and then you you cuts to. And I may have the rev- the order of this reversed. I was. Yeah, you know, on the Delta flights now uh they give you free drinks in the longer ones. Uh if you oh, have really a status. Yeah. <coughs> so um some of this is a little hazy. No, just I, I, w- no I, wa- <laughs> I watched it Stone Cold Sober and yeah. still some of it's a little hazy. Yeah, no, I, I actually I, just to be to be clear, I was uh I was not not hand boned on the flight. Uh but again, some of this is a little hazy. So uh I think we cut to Thomas Lennon and Decrepit, uh, basically the Crypt Keeper, uh, Rob Lowe sure, Rob as Lowe. the Crypt Keeper. Stepping out of a brand new uh, well, Ram pickup. Ram pickup. Yeah. Tom yeah.
1: Lennon was in the uh, Ram pickup. Uh, Rob Lowe enter scene yep. getting off a helicopter.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That's, I think this, <coughs> we did start here. So yeah. uh, you see this. And in they, this, they both work for an oil company. Yep. Should be noted. A Jurassic Park esque control center. Yes, uh, yeah. Which was
1: set up to be an oil. Drilling, yeah, it's an oil, oil,
0: oil derrick or oil or uh oil field in North Dakota, which really they should be fracking and not drilling. I think that's the thing there, but you know, yeah, uh, spoiler alert, there are a number of things in this movie that I would call not true to life, uh, especially the bus you mentioned earlier in North Dakota, right? I
5: think they have those, no, certainly not. No, everybody drives a ram, I think it's disgusting, yeah,
4: (laughs) yeah, um, so
0: anyway they're sitting there. Thomas Lennon is the scientist for the oil company,
4: like the EPA show guy,
0: which
1: I have to, as, as the uh, STEM member of the way, I have to take a moment and say, I love that his title was scientist. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm a chemist or I'm Uh, a physicist or a geologist or whatever. It's like, I'm a scientist. I look at science. Yeah.
0: Incredible too that. uh, Anyway, (coughs) Hollywood. Um, but, So uh, Thomas Lennon and and Rob Lowe and uh, another scientist who's kind of operating the machine. This is a very uh, small part for her. Um, I forgot her name, but she's she's an actress who gets some work or who's been in some other stuff. Anyway, operating the drilling rig and they discover this pocket of water between the drill and where the oil is. Yep. And she explains that water contains life Sometimes. Sometimes. Yep. Um. So this is an underwater vein of uh, this like under, underwater lake. Yeah. yeah. Underwater lake, and they see something bioluminescing in there, and they said that's that's, that's life. guaranteed life. Yeah. Yep. So we can't drill through this. And Rob Lowe, <laughs> uh, as again <coughs> Rob Lowe, in I think he was in some makeup to look make him look older. He uh, must have old, been. Yeah. He. I don't um, think
4: he looks that old in real life.
0: Yeah. He can't. I mean. Anyways. Rob Lowe's like he's 60 deepness. now though. I, is he in his 60s? Yeah, he looked about, he looked about 88 in this movie. Well,
1: okay, so maybe they added to get to 88. 60 but he's years. not young. Yeah, well, so yeah, I imagine they added some
4: makeup to have him look like the aged oil. Anyway, the
0: crypt keeper. So not point. So anyway, uh, they they drill through anyway. Um, there's a huge explosion, and of water, not yeah, oil, water, oh, and of an alien. Well, we don't know that it's an alien. That's never really explained. So that is true. So these creatures kind of flop out uh, in a scene very reminiscent of the opening scene of Jurassic Park uh, where you kind of get a look at um, uh, being handed a 53. phone. Robert Rob Lowe's. 50- Jesus. Rob Lowe, 53.
4: He looks young in his wiki picture. Anyway, that's continue. tough.
0: Um, yeah. anyway,
1: I, I think I'm, I'm gonna actually hold you. I, I'm pretty, I would say, more or less confirm these are not alien, these are these just are, yeah, creatures these are undiscovered. Are unknown of. And I think and <coughs> I'll get to, to that known. in a second, Boy. but I,
5: you guys are you guys are losing me here,
4: yeah. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, I watched this opening sequence six times.
0: So, this, these things flop out, uh, and and kind of cause a little bit of havoc and then disappear. Um, and we cut back to the they high hide. school, yeah, and um. And then what happens, Jesus? Okay, so well then this, the, the school
1: involved. scene is set up, the high school set up, right. and then you, you the characters so, are developed to understand that Trip Lucas Till comes from a broken family right. and all that kind of stuff.
4: But Trip, here's why I was confused in the like the high school scene. Trip, the guy who was riding a bus and then a bicycle who looks like uh,
0: a oh loner God. guy, yeah. is the popular kid. Yeah, everybody likes him. Yeah, I'm so confused. I, yeah, it doesn't make it. That doesn't make sense. And then one thing I did have kind of a problem with in this movie is the Jane Levy character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there's a familiar movie trope where, oh, it's so familiar. Where uh, so okay, the, there's a nerdy girl who's trying to get the attention of the guy, um, and in most, but she's movies, actually
1: super cute, and she's just
0: wearing glasses no, or something. No, right. So usually they put glasses yeah. and like a kind of a weird haircut on her to yeah. make her look. They don't do anything in this one. She's, I mean, she's a very attractive young woman. Yeah, she's uh, just wearing a sweater. She, well, but she's like the only. The only reason she doesn't get attention from males, and in this case, Trip, who is clearly her crutch, is just because she's smart and organized, and like that's it. So like ew, young women watching ew, this w- movie, I don't know about ew. that necessarily.
4: She she seems kind of like stuck up. She see because she thinks Trip's an idiot.
0: Well, Trip is an idiot,
4: but he's really smart, as we find out later. Okay, in the movie. yeah, yeah. So he's also like. Uh, seven, 16, 17, and like running a junkyard. But I don't even think she thought lover.
1: She didn't think Trip was an idiot because so she <laughs> thought he was. She thought he was an idiot because so are there He would just that? kept ignoring. <laughs> he kept ignoring us like oh we has got a schedule. I, I, I sent really, an email. Like, I did yeah, it. Yeah, there yeah, are but, trucks. Th- but that's
0: the thing. So so anyway, the You're takeaway the point. Graham. The takeaway for this this for any young woman watching this movie is, it's, it's not even the fact that she's. Because she's very attractive. It's not, it's not even the fact that she's made to look unattractive, <coughs> or or whatever, annoying or whatever. It's just that she's like got a good head on her shoulders and seems like a halfway competent. Like that's that's the bad thing about her that yeah. keeps Trip from noticing Which, her. Can we not just, a good lesson for the kids. Yeah, exactly. let no.
1: point out in real life that's not the case. Can yeah. we say that? Can I say that? Is that okay? That, I don't know. What? I, mean, I <laughs> think it's <laughs> I different know. for everybody. Uh, I I think I think that if you have a head on your shoulders, that's a good thing. That's so, what I'm trying to oh, get across. Thank you. So, but Rami. to Graham's point, the there are trucks. Okay, so there's a lot Anyway, of
0: yada yada, high school drama. Uh, we get to the point where uh, Trip is alone in in a workshop, the uh, the junkyard workshop where he's trying to build his own off road pickup out of a what is this year? Like a 50 or something some Dodge. Yeah, Dodge. Yeah, uh, so he's he's building his own pickup truck. Doesn't have a motor for it, but uh, the alien crushes that. The, it's not an alien, <laughs> so it, yeah. it feels and, like and, an alien. And, and really, me. in the high school scene, uh, later, Trip uh, asks um, the uh, Le- Levy character. How often are oh, new species discovered? Yeah. Right, and exactly. so he believes he's discovered a new species. But we'll get to we'll get to that in a second. So uh, he's he's late at night working in the uh, the shop. And it, the Ram yep. that was earlier crushed by this new species in the in the oil barrel uh, in der- the oil aerial. oil derrick scene uh, <laughs> comes in with uh, the big Hemi motor, six point four liter, yeah, which is which is talked detail. Yep, look yeah. at this six point four liter Hemi. Uh, that's yeah, and so I think great. Danny Glover's like, you know what's incredible about these motors is not just the power they make, but the fuel the economy yeah. they deliver. <laughs> Yeah. Uh serviceability, I, I, reliability. Yeah. And then and then uh Tripp's character is like and in the incredibly low lease rates you can get on these cars right now. <laughs> if you go to your Dodge dealer and then like a little Dodge uh website uh banner flashes on the bottom. And then
4: for a quick second you can see the demon logo. Yeah.
0: Like the the weird But, but seamlessly head. integrated into the movie. I think that you know yeah. Yeah. you, yeah. you would perfect. never know it's a dodge no. ad. Um, but he he inks the motor out of it with so, he yanks the motor out. He's gonna his boss's
4: permission to get it for free. Yeah. I wish, honestly... Oh, yeah. This is the first time I've wish. I wish... I wish
1: this, this yeah. was a video podcast so you could see the look on Graham's face right now. <laughs> Graham looks <laughs> He's mad. He's like, so is it about <laughs> monster or Yeah. So so anyway, so he yanks this motor out. He puts it on an engine stand. He
0: puts it on an engine stand for
4: some reason. With no engine controller, With, though. Yeah. And by the way, the engine looked 25 years old all of a sudden. Yeah. Eh, I mean, is not a dirty...
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know. You're right. You're yeah. Right. And so he gets... Uh, another thing you should note, too, if you are one of those people who is got an eye for detail as far as, like, mechanical stuff, uh, I think there's, like, a second where he's turning one of the accessory belts with, like, a extended uh, socket. Uh, this is not how you get an engine. <laughs> <It's not laughs> yeah, because cause Danny Glover
1: said, oh, you can fix anything. And that was later in the scene. He's like, yep, there's the accessory yep. belt. Here yep, I am fixing there it things. it goes. Uh,
0: anyway, so Danny Glover gives him this motor. He's going to put it in, uh, but he discovers uh, the creature. Yeah, the new speed, which he calls creature. He comes. which
1: you could say was a monster
0: he's in a, his truck. He's a, well, he's not in the uh, truck. Not in the <laughs> truck, he's truck, not yet. In truck yet. We're
4: not, he, he goes into the the oil change bay.
0: Yeah, and, and uh the kid trip thinks he's caught this animal uh, in the oil change bay. Um, so he calls the police, he calls Barry Pepper, his stepdad, not stepdad, his mom's boyfriend, I think. And, um, the, the animal escapes. It's not there when the police show up and Barry Pepper is hot. He is not happy with trip, playing a joke on him, getting his deputies out there. It's ugly. I I mean, really dramatic scene. Um,
4: there's a lot of crime in
0: this area too. So the cops are super busy. Yeah, exactly. They had a lot going on. (laughs) Um, hey man, meth kills. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is true. Uh,
1: so, by the uh, way, we've we've gotten like five minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah. No, this is gonna be. This it's is 40's. a two-parter. This is a two-parter, right? Yeah.
0: So, um, so anyway, the animal escapes, uh, and this is again, I get a little fuzzy on the details here, but the animal escapes. Um, the cops leave in a huff; they're mad, and then. Uh, and then we, we encountered the creature uh, in kind of one of those, you know, scenes that I'm, I'm sure you've seen a million times before where the protagonist uh, encounters this magical beast and they kind of uh, begin to interact and begin to uh, form a bond. So um, at some point, uh, the kid, Trip, discovers that this creature eats oil, so... Like, uh, that's how he was living on the undersea lake. Cause it's right next to this oil, uh, deposit. So they, they feed on oil. Um, the, the creature, uh, is eating oil from drums. Uh, and uh, you know, they, they start like, off like the
1: 55 gallon oil drum. Yeah. So
0: yeah. they start off mutually kind of afraid of each other. Uh, the creature lashes out a little bit at the kid, but doesn't harm him. And then the kid trip, uh, Accidentally, almost kills him. I accidentally uh, goes to crush him. Yeah, no, because no Cause tries Tri- trip. Yeah, yeah, trip is to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, to to kill him. Yes, that's right. I,
1: I was making and then popcorn th- I might have yeah, yeah, tries so to kill him trip, first, but then decided, oh, this this creature is more benevolent than he thought.
0: Trip tries to crush him in a car crusher. Exactly. Uh, by baiting him in there with oil drums, so he goes into the oil into the car crusher to get the oil drums. Uh, Trip drops the control. Uh, panel module and it breaks. And it breaks. And it, breaks and it, it breaks it's, it's it breaks big, a three-foot It's a big twenty-five-pound heavy metal yeah. controller that breaks from a two-foot it's fall. A, it's <laughs> a piece of junk, really. Jenny Guller should look into that. Continuity much. error is abound. So that's well, not really a continuity error. I well, mean, kind
1: of is. Come on. No, I mean, no. 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 Like, look, a continuity a error. Heavy metal switch does a, not break when it falls. That's TV. just. I don't it, care it, it, if it's fifty but years But continuity
0: old. error would be like, if, okay, if it broke, if it was random and then it showed it in the next scene and it worked again. So I think this fine, is a, all right yeah, a, yeah, goof, yeah, yeah. Fine, a movie. Fine, it's a goof. it's a goof that's a a goof. better fine yeah. fine so um not to be a pedant about this stuff but we I know are, uh, it is important yeah. we
1: are movie critic novices I am especially so these are these are this is coaching it, I need anyway. so so anyway so do you understand the oil drum yet, Graham? Uh, hold on the, No. yeah
5: it, okay it's I'm getting that yeah. these bastards are eating our oil yeah it's real problem yeah
0: no they're they're it's not kind of OPEC scam it's not oil we had access to to begin with but Uh, so he, uh, trip is crushing his, his friend in the car crusher. Uh, trip somehow pulls this 3000 pound animal out of the car crusher and saves his life. And then the animal and him are buddies forever. buddies. yeah, Yeah, they're, they're friends. And, um, at that point, the security guy, uh, from the, who's the villain of the film, I think, uh, the security guy from the oil company comes. He's got like a cattle prod, and he's and, in and a ram, and a ram, uh, several rams, a gnarly looking, yeah, like big. Yeah, like it was a dual, ram. Dually, yeah. Yeah. dually, ram, one in fact, ram. yeah, a bunch of them. So uh, they show up and they're looking for this creature. They I think, they had a tip from the local. By the way, police that was that was a
1: it was a dually long bed quad cab ram. Yeah, and like they the had a fleet expensive. of them. Yeah, and I was thinking myself, why, why, why so many of those, and why would you take that off roading? That in itself is not. Does not make off-roading prowess. I, I think it think. was
0: like the most expensive RAM you could buy. Yeah, in um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, so he takes, uh, he shows up um, looking for this creature to presumably to, to harm him with the cattle prod. Um, meanwhile, they already have two of these other creatures. The other two that came up from the oil are in jail. Are in like some kind of container They're like water
5: monster, they put them in monster jail <laughs> yeah they're, in monster no, jail. They're, they're literally
4: in these like you know i don't know if like big, if you go to like a work site it's like the big water yeah like water. a fifty thousand oh, oh. gallon water, water tank they have like yeah a kind monster thing. jail cell. yeah
0: they're in monster jail yeah <laughs> it's better they've been
4: yeah. more so incar- monster incarcerated yeah yeah uh, one of them one of them was do you know, know that the
0: united states the, has the uh, highest rate of monster incarceration i believe that yeah since they privatized in the world yeah uh monster monster baiting yeah uh, <laughs> uh, all right finally. moving uh right. moving right along so
1: uh so anyway there's some <laughs> monsters the monsters hiding the trucks and yeah no no no, no. Yeah. hold on hold
0: on so so the we got to, the people the love people, interest people no people are relying on us for this information yeah, so, yeah but so far so we'll we're
1: taking longer than the movie takes to that's explain okay it.
0: that's okay we're yeah. giving it more care it's me. called nuance
1: oh ah, it's the
0: nuance. yeah uh so uh trip uh, is there he he is his new friend the monster is there, Creech, Creech, and he he begins the, he he notices that that these bad guys from uh from the the oil company are there to kill Creech or to catch him or whatever, and he puts him on a trailer and he's gonna hide him uh he's gonna hide him from these these bad guys. Creech uh-huh. begins to to pull the trailer and hides himself in the the bay where uh where Trip this is working on his spot. yeah. yeah. Uh, he actually crawls in to the engine bay of this dodge truck the old dodge truck so this is kind of where the the monster meets the car this is this is the where the premise of the movie becomes clear I believe clear. it's the truck truck right yep. uh so uh in an incredible escape scene uh we find the monster can can operate the vehicle um without a motor so the monster has tentacles that have some cilia yeah. on them that can turn the axles of the car at an incredibly high rate. Create, uh, I, I think, uh, Trip at some point gives a torque figure, and he's like, "Well, he do, he doesn't give a figure, but he
1: does say the cilia has a lot of torque." And yeah, which by self, I'm not, but not, but, but that's not how torque he, works. He he follows it with
4: not as much as a, as a Cummins a, diesel. Yeah,
5: but not as much <laughs> as a dodge challenger srt demon that's
0: what he says he says but no
1: literally the line in the movie is he's
0: silly lot lot torque. Torque. but it's but not as much uh torque as the highly efficient uh mo- motors you can get from from dodge uh anyway incredible escape scene yeah um the girl has shown up at this point the with uh, flashcards. yeah right she's gonna tutor <laughs> him uh so they escape together um and they hide Creech in her dad's farmhouse, which she's she's rich too. She, she's richest. She's yeah. got a horse. Well, she's North she's, Dakota rich. Well, I mean, there's the, let's put some context. So I mean, it's
5: just yeah. one bad harvest away from
1: the yeah. bank coming. I think it's in one on bad the, oil harvest yeah, though. Yeah. No, yeah, they, they did, got a farm. She, she had a horse, and then they had a a cottage in, in a lake, you know, at a lake. Yeah, yeah. And they're they had, they're they doing had okay.
0: Stuff. They're doing okay. They got uh, so anyway. So they put the the truck into the pole barn. And uh, Trip goes to this girl. Hey, you think your dad would mind if I use all his tools and uh, uh, many uh, some sheet metal and steal a lot of his stuff? And she's yeah. like, "Yeah, my dad doesn't give a shit." So he creates this inc- like this really horrible looking kind of cage apparatus for the the yeah the creature who who now it's is not humane. He lives in the truck now. <laughs> he's, uh, he's he's also imprisoned. Yeah, he's Clinton. imprisoned in in the truck. Which he didn't seem unhappy about, but it's a little he's, weird. He's happy go lucky. Yeah. Um and they they learn uh, he learns uh, you know, th- he sets up a, a blinder. Uh he treats to, him like a horse. Now that I think about but, it, but uh, no, a lot, I think horses are better horse. treatment. Yeah. yeah. He he really it's kinda horrible, really. Yeah. Uh, but he puts some big fender flares on it. Comes across <laughs> him like Twenty thousand dollar off road racing wheels uh, that were just in the garage in the barn. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, look at this! Wow, and the the bolt pad. I've fits. also never seen so many sparks come out of a reciprocating saw. Good point there. Uh, obviously, uh, we we noticed that too. Um, but um, builds this monster truck, uh, starts driving it around with Creech as the the engine essentially. Um, yada yada yada. Some things happen. There's another chase scene where uh Creech is running uh driving on top of some buildings. Uh, but no,
4: that's where the monster trucks happens
0: cuz there's a kid uh
4: hold on. No, no, no. Before that when they when they're resting after building out. Yeah. The the, the Creech watches monster a monster jam and the ladies Oh, I didn't. House. Okay, I didn't see. Yeah, that and then and then uh when they're going to fuel up to go wherever the hell, he pumps $398 for the diesel into the monster's mouth. That's right.
1: Which, yeah. they which, was a, which they showed was 111 gallons, which sounds like pretty high prices for Before North bus. Dakota. That, that's true.
0: Yeah, I didn't think about that. But Well, no. I mean, if there was an oil operation going in North Dakota, that was back when gas was... So we presume from that... It's about 2009. That it was 2009-ish. Or no, like 2013. Oh, really? it was yeah. the boom lasted that I, long? I think. Because um, obviously the reason there's no oil exploration in North Dakota now is because gas prices are so low. Right. Uh, Or because it was creatures. No, no. Well, okay. There's,
1: there is like legitimately for like actual stuff for a minute. There is a, a minimum barrel cost that oil has to count to be cost to be worth,
0: yeah, pumping to, from particular locations. No, from doing
5: fracking. Yeah. And so, are the d- d- geopolitical implications of our oil dependence kind of explored as a side plot of this movie? I well, think that's this, pretty much what the movie
1: is okay. about. Yeah this this okay. has this has well, certainly not evident. as extreme, but kind of an avatar bend to it. You know, protect, save the earth, protect the environment, that kind oh, of that stuff.
0: Oh, that movie was fucking garbage
1: welcome to how but, I feel about monster trucks yeah. but but you understand it, it like gets it. at the same kind of point they didn't they weren't as literal they weren't going after uh, yeah. unobtainium. so I
0: think I think in in this case too you can you can look at uh monster trucks as a little bit more thoughtful a little bit more um subtle version of avatar in that mm. sense
1: in but, that sense James Cameron's
0: just James Cameron should not be, he should be in jail he should not be allowed to I don't to know if he should films. be
4: jailed but he should be banned from yeah, uh, what wow.
0: well, I mean, whatever. He's like Titanic he's a billionaire. Never made a good movie. Well, you know, like, well, maybe The Abyss. So were were the monsters? Well, hold on, anyway. James, James Cameron. Actually- James
1: Cameron was Terminator. Okay, yeah. So were the monsters happy the in
5: their underground uh, cave? Thing, they love it. Or
1: oh, were they happier
5: being trucks? Well, the,
4: oh, and, and, long story short, he does some monster truck crap. They, uh, they said that, they, and then they—spoiler—they go to an underground cavern where's a bunch of these creatures.
0: Well, hold on—that's the end of the movie. But, but I will—I will say it's never really explained. Uh, so, like, if you look at Free Willy, for example, you've got this. <laughs> oh no, 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 hold on, no, no, no—it's—it's no, it's
4: Free Willy meets ET meets like yeah, Elf.
1: No, its, it's look, it's like look, meets me, top, the
0: meets, relationship uh, between the meets, human uh, Fast
4: and Furious
6: maybe.
1: Yeah,
4: because they turn a bunch of stock trucks into like. In trophy trucks in a night.
0: It's important to notice to note though in this in this movie, in the world of this movie. So, Free Willy, you know, you've got this long scene in Free Willy where they're they're transporting him via truck to the ocean, and they're constantly pouring seawater over his skin so that it doesn't dry out. Yeah. This creature, Creech, who has lived underwater his entire life. Yeah, he's good. He's good. He, uh, he's not an amphibian. It, it's it's all not right. an amphibian apparently. They pull him out. Uh, well, apparently he is an amphibian. Yeah, I mean he must be. But he lives without water for the rest of the movie, pretty much, until the very end.
1: No, he had that. There was that lake scene.
0: Okay, so yeah, but he's, his, pa- his he's in the water for for three minutes in yeah. the the, the, yeah. the runtime of this. And they movie. have a hive mind. Yeah, so they discover Thomas Lennon. Meanwhile, is back at the lab, uh, monster Science Gale. scene. It's doing science, uh, for some reason. Like, okay, the, their plan is to. Uh, the oil company wants to kill these animals or get rid of them uh, so that they can uh, without without re- retribution or without concern for the environment yeah. drill the rest of this oil out um, which interestingly there's some shared dialogue in this movie. I think uh, rob lowe's character um, shares some says something like there's a whole ocean of oil under us, and nobody can get to it but me. Uh, or something very similar to that, which is dialogue from one of my favorite movies, There Will Be Blood. Uh, I just thought that was there's a little bit of shared dialogue, I think, over the course of the movie with, with There Will Be Blood. Uh, but um,
4: I think that that might be the saving grace of the movie of Monster Trucks. It it picking and choosing things that work in other
0: cinema,
4: other applications of cinema. Maybe. But
0: you know what this movie also reminded me of for some reason is the Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Also, Ernest goes to jail a little bit. Yeah. There's. But anyway, so Thomas Lennon is there and discovers uh, as he's kind of forming a bond with these other two monsters that are in jail that they can communicate via uh, telepathy or some kind of hive mind, as Wesley said, from their two separate containers. They they can play Simon. They can play Simon, which is cool. I was like, I was, I saw, I was like, oh Simon, yeah. The the game Simon is a movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Who owns that? Oh, let's please let's not go down that. Actually, a subsidiary. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Uh, So discovers that these things are highly intelligent and that they can communicate and they can read each other's thoughts or whatever. And he starts to have second thoughts about killing them,
4: like sea slugs or whatever that Reblo equates them to. Yeah. 'Cause it, uh, Rob Lowe and there's like a dialogue between Rob Lowe and Tom Lennon where it's like look you've falsified documents, you've lied to the yeah, guy. Yeah, right. You we, we we've killed we've killed sea slopes, we've killed endangered things. Yeah,
0: so in the you know it's it's kind of You're implied of exactly that Thomas Lennon has more to lose than his job if if he's uh, going to jail. If Rob Lowe decides uh, he's not pulling his weight. So so uh it's implied that that you know basically Rob Lowe will drop a dime on Thomas Lennon for all of his bad sciencing in the past. Um, so he's, he's conflicted. Yeah. And, uh, and that part, uh, so anyway, so we have uh, a number of chase scenes, uh, some other stuff happens, um, that I don't really remember at all. Um, it's discovered, uh, the, uh, the love interest discovers that trip in the, in the, co- in the process of building his monster truck is actually a very intelligent guy uh, who who really has you know lacked focus because of his his kind of negative home uh, his home situation. Yeah, which, which yeah, we we meet the dad who sucks. Yeah, he's bad. Oh, the so, dad's
1: on, on so many levels. The but, dad's lame. He he also adds nothing to the plot of the movie.
0: He adds nothing to the plot of the movie. The acting is poor. And who it, plays the dad? Because it's it's, an, it's a guy I've seen before. I think. Oh, Frank Whaley, who again is one of those guys who you'll probably recognize his face, but you don't, um, necessarily, you know, yeah, remember. I, it exactly. was
1: another, I'd say pretty darn common movie uh, trope to be like, Oh, the, the one, the one father figure is, or the one father figure isn't who you thought he was. The other father figure is actually the good guy.
0: Yep. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's
4: how this happened. Well, the movie so it would have been better without the, actual let's, dad.
0: let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Uh, I think so at this point, um, and this is what sets off the big car chase where the guy's in the building. Yep. Uh, I, I, Whaley, the dad, uh, traps Trip and the girlfriend and the monster truck in his trailer. Because uh, he works for the oil company. And, and drops a dime on him to the oil company guys who come to try to arrest him, and then they escape, and yada, yada. So uh, after that, they go hide out at a lake. Uh, um, and I, I keep calling her the, the levy character. Gonna, I have to figure out her name real quick. Um, I don't. A, do,
4: was she referred to as her character Meredith, Meredith? Meredith, yeah, the yeah, whole movie right. Meredith, yeah, that's a good name. So Meredith, um, that might be why nobody likes her. She's an old timey name.
0: I think Meredith is a nice name.
4: I know. I like it, but I'm saying in like the context of the movie. I don't like know. That, that's the one. That's the that's the glasses and weird hair. They just give her an old timey name.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, so anyway, they go up to the lake to hide up there, um, and they discover that Creech. Uh, likes to be in the water and that he can bioluminesce, I think. Yeah. Um, and they decide they have to return Creech to his his habitat, to his home. Which uh, he knows where it's at. Nobody else does. Yeah. And um, they have to rescue the other two. Which, how do they know that the other two... Because well, uh, there was
1: ooh, a scene where they that get, was they that was captured. leaving the lake. Creech gets captured. Well, no, no, no. Yes, you're right. <laughs> well, no, but before Creech was captured, he left on his own to find the other two creatures because he could sense that they were nearby so, when they were at the lake house. Okay. So when they woke up the morning after Creech lake house, Creech was gone, okay, Creech was right. gone right. and they yep. they used the phone because Trip left his iPhone in the truck, and Creech took the truck, of course. Yeah. Um, to go and so they use find my they use find my phone, phone to find him Right track so him Creech, down. And he
0: was going to the oil company to go to the monster jail. He's so Creech is trying to break into monster jail. Monster jail. Yeah. Uh, he he successfully breaks through the wall, but they're ready for him and they tase him and they put him. They, they tranquilize him. Uh, they tranquilize him with yep. a millions of tranquilizers all of Jurassic Park.
1: That would have been... I wish they tased him. That would have been even... More. Jesus,
4: what's wrong with you? <laughs>
0: I think that would have killed him. He's mostly <laughs> yeah. water. Well, yeah. No, but
1: that's... Uh, just, just. I just pictured like 20 guys with tasers going... That, that cattle brought Jesus, him.
0: That's, geez, that's some sick animal torture stuff oh, robin goodness. we love animals at Week i'm Magazine. concerned about you
1: okay well let, let's let's uh let's, anyway let's
0: move on let's be concerned i'm later. sure like if you go on deviant art or something you can find uh <laughs> oh, come i'm on. sure you, you can, can find speaking of
1: speaking of dropping dimes on people
0: yeah jesus let's uh, uh get it to look anyway, at robin anyway the
1: anyway
5: here seem to display kind of like a captain planet level of like Destroy everything for the sake, of... you know. It's like yeah. a cartoonishly. No, seen. no. I, just, I
0: think it's pretty clear. There's a profit motive. Well, exactly.
1: Yeah, it's like, look. It's a it's a kids movie, so the, why the plot not, points are pretty overt. Why it's, not? It's not meant these to creatures be subtle.
5: And use them, you know, like to power trucks. To, truck, to power trucks. No, to find oil. oil. No, no, to like, no, no. Oh, yeah, that would be good. You know, listen, shop them around to eat oil spills
0: or something. Well, I mean, you know? I think yeah, I think there's one thing that. And what's the the company's called? Terra something. Terra. One thing that comes across you know, from their logo to their TV commercials to everything else is that they're a company that's focused and that they're focused on their core competency and what they do well. So do they want to open up uh, a freak show with these animals? No. Do they want to start repowering pickup trucks? No. They're there to get oil out of the ground and sell it uh, to the highest bidder. So, um, And Graham,
4: I think you're forgetting. Well, you haven't seen the movie. Why would you want to replace – a fantastic Chrysler powertrain with a monster. Yeah, I mean FCA. True.
0: Yeah, if you'll recall, it's made very clear that these are fantastic automobiles um, and mo- much more efficient than the the monster. So anyway, he's,
4: they probably do use less oil.
0: Coincidentally, that monster
4: eats a lot of oil. Yeah, the the monster is a very hungry boy. Um, he's a growing boy. As we found out he's a youngster.
0: Yeah, he's a child. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, child abuse. Anyway, so uh, we, where the hell are we? So we're so we're in the uh, monster jail. Uh, the kids come to find their friend Creech, uh, and they are uh grabbed by security, removed from the premise premises. Uh but Thomas Lennon uh He
4: gets a heart like the Grinch.
0: Well, no, he he had a heart, I think, to begin with, uh, and had started to kind of bond with these creatures. He 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 tells the kids, Listen, I can get you in here and we're gonna we're gonna get free of these creatures. Uh and 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 so they start to hatch a plan which involves going to the dodge dealership
4: that the nerdy kid that likes trip as a friend but trips too much of a jerk to be his friend
0: yeah why is trip so mean to this kid i don't know it's It's never really explained the kid seems super nice yeah and his dad owns a dealership
4: i mean he's probably a little bit of a like a nerd or whatever but like takes advantage of him and then the love interest says it's so cold you know you have to hang out with him now right yeah, maybe once. Yeah. Jeez, Trip.
0: Uh so anyway, not so, a likable guy. No. So they go they repo uh the rich kid's truck. Um Thanks to the girlfriend. And the girlfriend spots him. They're playing Call of Duty or whatever. The girlfriend spots him from the window and and waves to Trip and says like kind of gives him the all right, I'm not going to tell on you. Look. And Trip steals the truck. So Trip steals this kid's truck.
4: I think it's I think it's a genuine repo because uh trip. It has is a repo. Th- yeah. Trip says, uh, <laughs> G- it's not my fault that a rich kid
0: yeah. can't pay can't make his payments yeah. or whatever. But
4: he has Danny Glovers, like, do you have the repo list?
0: Yeah, and so they go repo the car. Um That
4: kid could've made, that couldn't be that big of a payment.
0: No. He's gotta have it defeated. Yeah. It gets, I think that's messy. There there is a little bit of a subtext that most of the people in this film are opiate. Uh, addicted. Mm-hmm. I think there's... Yeah, it's sad. It's depressing. Yeah. Um. But Um. anyway, so they, they get the truck. Uh, they get a new Ram from the dealership.
4: And a, I want to say a new power wagon that the kid was going to get when he was 16. Yeah, that's right.
0: It was the nerd kid was going to get a, a power wagon.
1: Well, because the nerd kid was also the son of the owner of, of, of the, the dealer. dealer. Right.
4: And the dealer was going to get from this but truck. But at the beginning of the movie, it's talked about like, oh, dad's going to make me Ride the bus or whatever. Like, dad's not going to give me a free car, so I'm so confused how that well
0: changed. Okay, so there may be a, a slight, a slight plot hole. We, you know, and, and really, we probably should get the screenwriter for this movie on the podcast to yeah. talk about some of this yeah, stuff I'd like I to know if there happen. were maybe side plots that we're cut. going to tie in like Baby together. Driver. Yeah. yeah, but just um. So anyway, so they they retrofit these three pickups. Um, well, they upfit them to be trophy. Upfit them to be trophy trucks. Basically, take the motors out. Um, yeah, which. So that the creatures can. God, what Baja class would they run in? That's a good question,
5: Graham.
4: Unlimited, probably. Yeah. I think there's an unlimited class.
0: Oh. Well, no, I mean, really, yeah, like no, all the these th-
4: things weren't close to trophy trucks. <laughs> no, but but oh, they had the like the tires in the back and like all the shielding oh. and armor.
0: Yeah, th- but they were stock trucks. I mean, they're not too. Fr- but no, it's yeah. a good question though, Graham, because really, like, what would you rate their displacement at? All right. Um, I mean, they really don't have a traditional engine. Um, ah. hmm. oh, this there could be another text of like electrification of.
4: Powertrains,
1: you know, you're you anyway, mentioning this uh, and we're discussing the Ram versus the Monster. There is there is a scene in the movie that puts Ram power. Oh, that's right, true. Monster power. Let's not get
0: too far ahead. I mean, I don't think we, I think probably the listeners at this point are are appreciating the level of detail. <laughs> I, I, uh, possibly, are you are you in, are you interested in seeing this movie? I'm I'm thinking
5: I should wait till the directors. Cut, cut. You, you like really want to like see the. It's a lot
4: like
0: Blade Runner, where it's like, okay, the yeah,
4: we see where you were going, but we want to see the full vision. Yeah,
0: exactly. What's yeah? What's the vision?
4: Um, we saw we saw the theatrical cut. Now we want to see what the director wanted. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, and really, you know, who knows? Uh, who knows what was cut? You know, who knows what? You know, did they get deeper into the opiate thing? Did they get deeper into geopolitics? Uh, Is there a deep dive into the Hemi Right. Is there a, a thirty-minute, uh, <laughs> a tour of the dealership and the dealership scene? A <laughs> little trip down to Saltillo where they're making the trucks in the first place. Yeah, a factory uh, tour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, so they uh, Thomas Lennon uh, takes a big rig, drives the uh, the, Monst- the monsters, the, all the three monsters, all, all three, and it shows he can't the drive dealership. a big rig though. But he so he gets in and grinds the gears a little bit. And he gets to the dealership, and backs he's like, perfectly backs, backs it up <laughs> into a, inside the inside the yeah. dealership. Incredible,
4: and doesn't kill anybody on his way to the dealership.
0: And then says, "It's my first time driving a stick shift, woo!" Like that, <laughs> which I think was a good little, you know, it was nice to see. Uh, he showed excitement; he enjoyed the experience. It? Yeah, yeah. Yes. there culture is, it is a lot of stick shift talk, though, in yeah. this movie, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, except yeah, because none of the vehicles conceivably have a conceivably stick. Have they don't, a stick. They don't have a transmission. Yeah, um, I guess his old Dodge would have a could have possibly had a stick. But the monster, f- no, the re- new, yeah, right. The power train. Yeah, right. So there was no transmission at all. Anyway, uh, so they set out to free the monsters and
4: prevent the poisoning, which I don't know how they found out about. So
0: somehow, so that when the guys at the oil, uh, Thomas Lennon knows. So when the guys oh, okay. at the uh, oil company find out that the monsters are gone, they decide they're going to pump poison down into the well, into the, to the hole, the shaft to kill all the creatures that are down there. Um, So they are in a race against time being followed by the security guys uh, from the oil company. Um, They go through a, a, a switchback situation to try to get up this mountain and then go through a, a pass. It's kind of like that scene in Mad Max: Fury Road. A little bit, yeah. One of the all-time great car movies. Uh, Barry Pepper, the asshole stepdad or mom's boyfriend, cop, comes to the rescue, saves the whole crew. Drives a articulating mining truck, articulating right. frame mining. No, truck. it's the it's that one. It's the, like the biggest car in the world, right? Yeah, the, that mining truck uh, turns the bed of it into a ramp. They jump over it, get to the lake. Just well in time. He, he crushes all the bad guy trucks first yeah, yeah. untold deaths uh, in this film
4: in that part See, there are a lot of untold deaths yeah like also earlier in the film the monster truck the Dodge tripping the Dodge and the monster sideswipes somebody
0: yeah that's right and there's leave the scene of an accident there's, and there's no consequences <laughs> yeah for
4: yeah, yeah no it was a hit and run yeah. definitely yeah. so uh, could have killed someone definitely injured yeah um, but emotional otherwise well at and, and a minimum she was annoyed
0: yeah her car was ruined yeah uh-huh.
4: definitely mm-hmm. so uh, so, and that car was not, in, like,
0: Trip's car was not insured. No. It was it wasn't not even, I mean, it was not even running or registered, so. No. Uh, anyway, so they get to the mountaintop, the lake, uh, the entrance to this, this thing just in time to shut off the poison. I'm not going to tell you how the movie ends, uh, except to say that they save all the monsters and there's a whole world of monsters underneath this lake. And, and they're, they're all smiling ending. and they're so happy. And they're so happy. And Trip almost drowns and doesn't.
4: Uh, I was confused about that, and also the poison coincidentally is a comically green, generic poison. That's a generic poison.
0: It's a little bit like uh, Roger Rabbit. Who for yeah. Roger, Roger Rabbit, yeah. if you've seen that, uh, an actually good movie. Oh, great movie! Yeah. Uh, are there cars in that movie? Can we yeah. do a review of that? Yeah, yeah. we totally yeah. can. Uh, so, uh, Trip and Meredith end up together uh, in the end. I mean, it's a high school it's a, romance. It's implied, yeah. It's yeah, implied. it's two knows
4: with a lasting love. Um, well,
1: and the uh, the boyfriend of his mother,
0: and Trip now yeah. have a much better relationship. Yeah, which is, you know, honestly, that that to me is kind of the point of the movie. It's the story about um, Trip coming to love Barry Pepper as yeah. his dad. I just for
1: me, I felt like it was just like a oh look at it is like a, a relationship an owner has with their dog. It's just like oh look, look at this bond we have. It's adorable creatures are worth something um, and well, it's like that's great for kids to learn but where i
4: where i'm confused so they have these special new species of creatures blah 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 blah. they're at least three horned lizards in the site of the the oil rig area the, the drilling site and the epa comes and shuts them down or the, the yeah that's it, right yeah
0: because yeah. an endangered species right because the lizards yeah. yeah this is kind of a this is probably a throwaway moment in the movie it
4: should it should not have existed like that's so dumb. Like, they wouldn't shut down an entire drilling operation to save. I can't imagine to they save the lizards. They they would. They, they probably. You would, can prove yeah.
0: it's a habitat. They they'll, they'll shut it down. But uh, I mean, they'll shut it down temporarily right. and then, like some the money. They relocate the habitat. Okay.
1: So wait, wait, wait. Did did Rory? Did you like the movie or not?
0: I honestly, I went into this movie and I went like, I was like, okay, this will be a fun goof movie review to do because. This movie is gonna suck, and it's gonna be comically bad. And honestly, like, for as absurd as the premise of the movie is, which it is completely absurd, and for um, you know, for basically the response of the movie guy, which was not great. Um, unless you count Red reviews. You, oh, the Red Box five out of five, <laughs> baby. Uh, I wonder what Red Box reviewers <laughs> would think of this podcast. But uh, I thought it was okay, you know, and I thought it was a fun. If I was, like, 10, which is who this movie is made for, um, that Nickelodeon audience, plus, again, the cast, like, those are some great, you know, all-time great uh, character actors and um, uh, comic actors. uh, Thomas Lennon. Um, I You know, I honestly thought it wasn't bad. Some really interesting performances from the trip and Meredith. I think we'll be seeing a lot more of that meredith character um and in some other not meredith character the actress who plays meredith i think she's got a future in the biz um i didn't think it was bad i so i i thought
1: i thought in a in a an extremely narrow context yeah if you take that extremely narrow context that the movie was endearing you know, it's like, yeah, okay. There's there's kind of a a story of building relationships, I mean, building. There bonds, wasn't as like, much
0: animal torture in it as you would have preferred. That's
1: not what I was <laughs> trying to. Uh, s- eh. uh-huh. Aside so from that, of- the movie was, you know, you could appreciate <laughs> aside from the lack of
4: torturing. You uh, could if appreciate you see the Babadook. There's a an excellent dog
1: death scene. All uh, right. This okay. Is, this is this is going right, down we'll- a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. <laughs> so uh, hold on. The- let,
0: let Robin finish his thought.
1: Here. So anyway, I'm the movie. You have, to, you have to take a very specific view at it. And from that view, I think it succeeds at its mission.
0: Exactly. And I think, you know, this is a little bit like a car review in that you really have to consider who it's for and, and what the engineers were trying to do when they put it together. And yeah. I think from that standpoint, it, it was pretty successful. I, All right, Wesley. I, I do
4: not agree. Uh, um, I hated it. I didn't, I hate a strong did word. Did you I hate was, it
0: or was it not for you?
4: No, see, that's the thing.
0: I've seen Minions 3 times this week. Minion the new Minions movie? <laughs> no, the old one.
4: Um, wow. maybe not 3. At least we can, once. We got that out, right? No. Uh, but I, so I like children's I think like children's movies have a weird thing where they can work on a duality where they're entertaining for parents and children. And you
0: are, I mean, just for the listener, you are a child. I mean, effectively, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
4: Uh, no, um I didn't really watch Minions 3 times. Uh mm.
0: But well, you're right, like the, the Pixar stuff, which works on two levels. Yeah. Uh, obviously, like the most, the best the Disney stuff, the best of the best kids movies. Right. A good example of what
1: you're getting at, I think, is the Lego
0: movie that came out. Lego, Lego really. movie
1: is great. Yeah. But again, I, I think you, you have to consider two things. This is this is a much smaller budget and that. I, I think it,
0: it wasn't meant to be a blockbuster. It wasn't it, right. meant to be exactly. You know, you don't hire all the the best. Like you don't hire the the best guys to do this movie. It's kind of a not a throwaway movie, but it's a kids movie.
4: Uh, the budget on Monster Trucks. Are you guys sitting down? According to Google,
0: one twenty-five. Wow! Holy shit! <laughs> okay, that's more than I thought. Yeah, but, no, but, no. but hold on, hold on. Chrysler probably put at least a hundred million into it.
4: <laughs> it's mostly but no. So my thing about Monster Trucks and why I didn't like it. Um, it tried so hard to be like your ETS, your elves, your like f- your free wheelies, your feel good, like children's movies, man,
0: and, and wonder of nature, and, and your
4: Captain Planets, your uh, all, all these good things, but like it wasn't cohesive. It didn't
0: deliver. I mean, I just went through the whole plot. It's pretty cohesive. I mean, true. There are not many problems. It's holes, more like... cohesive than a number of Hollywood big budget blockbusters. Anything I've... Michael Bay's ever made.
4: I agree. Okay, <laughs> but it's just. There's not enough. There's not enough monster trucks.
1: Like I would, if you give me, give me, thirty minutes of monster trucks. But see, cut. that's that's what I think that's the that's the problem. If if you come at it from a car enthusiast's point of view, the movies an instant lie. Well, even even it, from a kid's point of view, no, kids because, love monster trucks. But
0: yeah, but they get all the the truckiness. Yeah. I mean, it's... Ooh, also... Truck uh, jumping over things. How to Train a Dragon. The monster's
4: face looks like the How to Train a Dragon's face. Okay. All n- right. Nobody so saw that.
1: I think the biggest question, really, because we have this opportunity, Graham, based on this conversation... Hold, hold, I will
0: say, though, to Wesley's point, you know, one of the great things about the new Mad Max movie and many of the other Mad Max movies, one of the great things about... Um, God, I forgot uh, what I'm thinking of here, but when a movie is... You know, at least on the surface, not a car movie, uh, cars, uh, yeah. which is a kids' movie, but they they sweat all the little details for me as a car person and probably for Wesley as a car person. Like that scene in Fury Road where, uh, the uh, what's his name is squirting, uh, oh, yeah, methanol, or methanol or whatever, into, into, the, the, into the, the injector hat or whatever, into yeah, the air scu- yeah, it is like that is car guy, like that is something that where it's like, okay these are not props in the movie uh we understand how this stuff works and why they're cool and this is kind of a nod to you as a car guy watching this and then like pretty much everything that happens in all the car movies is is a little bit cars movies is like that too yeah um there's none of that in this movie no no, there's none of that at all i mean it's very clear that there was not like a uh no consultant right they might have gotten a lot of money from dodge but not one dodge engineer, engineer i don't stepped but
1: in see i don't think you or i roy are trying to argue that this is one of no. the greats we're just saying or it, even a good car movie right? right we're just saying it's actually better than our extremely low expectations yeah, so
5: were, okay i've i've listened to you guys go on about this for at least two for, hours for probably longer than the actual duration yeah. of the movie yeah. we're, at this it's, point it's 144 uh, yeah minutes. we're about we're about there right yeah. now uh The thing is, there's dozens of movies that are released like this every year. Uh, And the only reason that we're talking about this one, you know, kids' movies that are... Medium. They're not... They're entertaining for the intended audience. The only reason we're talking about this one is because it has this premise, goofy as it is, that involves trucks. That's cool. Uh, I'm more curious... About how this happened, like how this movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that, that would, would be lovely. the making
0: of, right? Like <laughs> I would the watch concept, documentary we like, day. We're
5: gonna do a monster truck movie, and then somebody's like, "Yeah, kids, kids love monster trucks," but they're like, "But here's the thing, they're monsters in trucks." And then like that was enough. That print, like yeah, of no. like
0: that's probably about as much thought uh, they had to the,
4: it. They had the title of this movie before they even wrote the script.
0: Yeah, and that to me, that's fast. There's a there's a very fascinating backstory. Uh, of how this movie came together, how someone greenlit it at a studio and was like, "Yeah, that's okay."
5: Because I think I was saying a couple of days ago, before when I was still intending to watch the movie, I was like, "You know, whoa, whoa." We, so now you're not intending no, to no. watch when it. No, no. When I
0: said I would watch it
5: before this, this yeah. podcast, okay. I was like, "Oh, I'll watch it," but I'm like, "What I would really, what, what I thought would be cool is if you did like a cool, like, funny." Maybe a little bit more mature, like look at the world of like actual monster truck, like that, like showmanship and the competition and the drama that may or may not actually exist behind the scenes there, and blow that into a movie. Like I think that could be funny. That'd be like a w- great miniseries a- too. I mean, anybody who goes to a monster truck thing, it's packed. There's pe- people love it, and you know, it's like, is it staged? Isn't it staged? Like, you know, are they are they picking who's going to be the winner and stuff like that? Like that could be a cool movie. Also, could be called Monster Trucks. They went a completely different direction with this one, like further than, you know, way outside the box. Uh, I'm not sure where it's going to sit in the the car movie canon, but it never really intended to be a car movie, like you said. Yeah, It it just sounds like it happens to involve things that like- The cars are
0: kind of an incidental plot device.
5: But they're like something that a 10 year old kid would like. Like kids like monsters, kids like trucks, kids like monster trucks.
0: That's kind of all you need to know. Yeah, I mean, yes. this movie was made by Nickelodeon, like
1: it. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the kids' <coughs> versions of Snakes on a Plane. Let's just like let's take a premise.
0: I, I, I think oh, it I lacks the self-awareness
5: yeah. of. It seems like there's no self-awareness. There no, here. Self-awareness.
0: no but I, I don't think there's really self. There's like a place for self-awareness in a kids' movie like this. I mean, I think
1: exactly. I, ah. You have to take the kids' movie uh, perspective and say, yeah, they just kind of said, hmm, what if we took the term monster trucks literally?
0: And I, I have to say too. Like watching this movie, there was, like, I paid attention to the movie the whole time and didn't get bored and didn't get up. Does like, it
5: pump you up and make you want to cruise in a truck off road? Hell yeah. Then, yeah, it's probably pretty
0: yeah. successful. I, hell yeah. I
4: think, I think, Rory, where where you and I don't, agree, like, where the severance is or the disagreement is you you told me you loved it and you said it was great. So I came in it with a- actual expectations. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's, okay. the, that's the problem. Cause, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, we approached we it from two different angles. Yep. So I came in with low expectations. I came at it with like, medium and it was to high. like, hey, that was pretty good. Yeah. And you came at it with like, this is Mad Max. Yeah. It's better be Mad Max. Yeah. Meets Okay. E.T. Well, so now Graham has to watch it and we're going to do another two hour episode. <laughs> yeah. Where- I'll walk you back through the plot, just in case. Yeah, yeah. I okay, think, I uh, think that's enough for this. This is, yeah, Jesus, this is a long one. We talked things. about are, trucks longer than a If Lamont. you are still listening <laughs> to
1: this yeah, right thanks now, thanks for sticking around. <laughs> thanks. No, yeah, we, we'll uh, Look, we'll go ahead and split this podcast into chapters.
0: Yeah, if you are still listening to this, uh, send me an email. I'm going to send you an AutoWeek sticker or something because you are a true fan. Uh, all right, that is it for episode five, the longest episode in the history of podcasting, uh, in all gold. So none of that's getting cut out uh and we will be back uh very shortly we're going to get back on our regular schedule with episode 6 and we will talk to you then